everyone and welcome back to the Football Chugout podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast we'll be reacting to last weekend's results in the English Premier League and Scottish Premier League, previewing this week's European football matches and Pierce will be giving a rundown for the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be reacting to last weekend's English Premier League results. So I'll just quickly go through them all. So they finished Liverpool 2, Everton 0, Brentford 3, Burnley 0, Nottingham Forest 2, Luton Town 2, Newcastle 4, Crystal Palace 0, Man City 2, Brighton 1, AFC Bournemouth 1, Wolves 2, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2, Sheffield United 1, Man United 2, Aston Villa 4, West Ham 1, and finally Tottenham 2, Fulham 0. So Pierce, which match from last weekend's matches stands out to you the most? Well, I'm going to go with uh, the, the match I played last night, and that was the Monday night football action of um, Tottenham 2, Fulham 0. Um, I just feel as if... Like, Every week we talk glowingly about Tottenham, but it, the the fairy tale continues. Um, the manager Ange Postecoglou is off the back of managing a month for the second month in a row. So Hyun Min Son got a play of the month for the Premier League as well last month as well. Uh, right before that national break, and they've gone from strength to strength. Fulham at home, uh, two 0 You'd suggest that's quite an easy game, but at times it wasn't because Vicario had to make a tremendous save at 0-0. And then again at 2-0. And if you go to 2-1, you're kind of backs against the wall, clinging on to three points. But um, I think the recruitment Ange Postecoglou has done in his first transfer window has been nothing sort of uh, sensational. And you can see further recruitment needs needs to be done in terms of the overall squad. But in terms of 11, I think to a man, they're absolutely fantastic. And... Uh, Every player knows their role, and I think just the, the free-flowing football of the attacking fullbacks, and then also the combination of Son and Madison have, have been tremendous, and, um, and they now make it um, still top of the league, two points clear of Manchester City, unbeaten, So uh, and it was another, uh, was a comfortable one, but it was a convincing one, because obviously Fulham are, are no mugs, and um, the combination plays Son and Madison again, a goal and assist each, um, Phenomenal play, and um, yeah, the the fairy tale continues. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for the Chelsea to Arsenal to, which the game that stands out to me the most, um, just because well, number one, I felt Chelsea did deserve to win. Um, I thought they were the better team for the full match. Um, Arsenal really struggled in the match to kind of get their game plan kind of going. You know, the usual style of football that they play, it didn't really kind of work out and um, you know they kind of had to start playing long balls at the end and because of that uh, they managed to get back in the game um, out of nowhere really uh, uh, the Chelsea goalkeeper made a mistake um, for Arsenal's uh, first goal which made kind of Arsenal give them a lifeline um, but I thought that was a really good match and again it kind of shows Chelsea how far they've come and um, the fact that you know they really did well in that match and they probably should have won Um. You know, and again, that's I think that they've got they've got quite a good little one beaten run going now, um, which again is pretty good. Um, just a just also the Aston Villa West Ham game, which finished four one, 
to Aston Villa, which, you know, again, it's just Aston Villa are just so impressive. You know, they're just kind of going under the radar at the moment, but they're right up there at the top of the table. Um, and the way they're playing football at the moment, I think they're a really good, for a really good chance to, um, you know, try and claim a top four finish this season. So, yeah, they, they two matches are the matches that stand out to me the most. Um, so, uh, we also found out last weekend that football legend Sir Bobby Charlton uh, had died. So, Piers, what is your reaction to this news? Yeah, yeah, sad day for um, not just English football, but I think football in general, because not many players get to win what he'd done in his career and um, have the longevity that he had. Um, to win, obviously, the World Cup with his country, England, uh, won the Champions League, uh, European Cup back in the day in 68. Um and then obviously win the Ballon d'Or and not many English Englishmen win the Ballon d'Or I think I can only name a few I think it's Bobby Charlton and uh, Mike Lone it's the only two that c- comes to mind and um, so you have to be the best of the best and obviously at one point he was Manchester United and England's record goal scorer until it was broken by Wayne Rooney um, and the fact is Bobby Charlton was a, an attacking midfielder uh, and obviously the the fact is that he, he, him and his brother survived the, the Munich air crash, the disaster, um, like the Busby Babes. So to to lose virtually your, probably your best pals in terms of like you grew up with the youth team together and then to overcome that and have the career that you had and show the, the, the steel and grit that you had and obviously whenever you hear like the legends of the game, they always say how humble and uh, respectful he was for everyone. And obviously he was in. He was always a he was a director after he retired, and he was there for Manchester United, win, lose or draw. And uh, he he was one of the people that was kind of he was compassionate in terms of if you lost a game, turn up there's the next game the next week. So stuff like that kind of shows you the the measure of the man, and obviously see the outpour of um, emotion of uh, across the whole football world. And uh, I think that's a real um, sign of a great player. And um, yeah, you were missed. Yeah, um, you know, it was a sad day because, you know, he has a he has a kind of playing example of a football legend, you know. He's won basically everything in football, you know, World Cup, European Cup, you know, he won titles with Man United as well. Um so he is the definition of a legend in football. Um, you know, he was such a good player back in back in the days when he played, you know, there was like some clips I saw of him and some of the goals he scored with the way. The pitches were back then, and the way he used to strike the ball was, you know, really impressive. Um, you know, as you said, you know, he's got such a deep connection with Man United. You know, that's his club, and he was an ambassador for them when he gave up football. Um, you know, and he was always there for them. Um, uh, and when the years went by, you know, he was. Uh, I think he, I think he was a really good help for Alex Ferguson as well when Alex Ferguson first came in. You know, because it didn't start well for him at Man United, but Bobby Charlton kind of. Helped him through it, um, and uh, and we all know what happened with Alex Ferguson and uh, you know the, the the success he had, um. But no, it, it really was a a sad day, um, and just as well, um, obviously the fact that now that means that, um, now that Bobby Charlton's died, that Jeff Hurst is the only living player, um, for in that England team that won the World Cup, um. So that was an I didn't know that until I found out after Bobby Charlton died. Um, so yeah, no. Overall, it was it was a sad day, and uh, yeah, um, I think he's going to be a big miss um, in the world of football. 
Um, so we also have English teams playing in Europe this week, and they include Man United versus Copenhagen, Sevilla versus Arsenal, Newcastle versus Borussia Dortmund, um, Young Boys versus Man City, AZ Alkmaar versus Aston Villa, Olympiacos versus West Ham, Brighton versus Ajax, and Liverpool versus Toulouse. So, Pierce, which match stands out to you the most? How do you think they will perform? Well, I think number one for me has got to be the Newcastle Borussia Dortmund at St James's Park. Um, Dortmund have been kind of steady in the Bundesliga so far this season, considering um, they lost Jude Bellingham in the summer. So, I think they're going through a transition period and um, they're looking pretty good. But obviously, you'd back Newcastle um, after that phenomenal performance in match day two against PSG, who they blew them away. And I think PSG were shocked at how intense how intense they were, how horsey the crowd was. And the fact is that they were willing to bust a gut that which so many superstars refuse to do sometimes. And it's like you can see it's a it's a team. And they seen the way the crowd was going when you seen like Dan Byrne, for example, going for a tackle, winning it, putting it for throwing. That and I think the PSG players are shocked. That the fact is that's what they're cheering. Passion, intensity, tracking a man, winning the ball back, and then obviously showing unbelievable quality going forward as well. So no, for me that is a standout fixture. And obviously I'd like to see another one that would kind of stand out for me is the Severe Arsenal. Um Severe not doing great in La Liga, but when it comes to Europe, that always goes out the window form for them. Uh, because they are the serial winners of um uh, the Europa League under Unai Emery who's now at Aston Villa in the Conference League but uh, and I was like to say you've seen Arsenal at the weekend against Chelsea and they managed to claw a draw uh, after a pretty sloppy start to be honest and um, right after the national break they looked a bit um, leggy at times and obviously it's what it, it depends on how strong a side Arteta puts out because obviously Europa League maybe mix and change maybe three four changes here and there um, but I, I would suggest that Seville will be pretty full strength in at the Ramon Sanchez piece one. They they were right at it, and that crowd can get very hostile as well. So, and they expect performances, especially in Europe. They may not happen in the league at the moment, but that will come. Um, they're always a second half of the season team. But with Arsenal, they need to get that together if they want to um get anything out of the match. And they're the two matches for me that stand out. Yeah, um, for me, um, the Newcastle Borussia Dortmund's the one, the biggest one for me that stands out to me the most. Um, you know, Borussia Dortmund have started around the Bundesliga, <clears throat> and Newcastle started around the Premier League, so they're both teams in form at the moment. Um, and I think just the fact that Newcastle in Champions League, I just think it's so good to see. Um, you know that they are such a kind of good team to watch, especially um the the game they played the last time against PSG when they convincingly won. Um, so that that that's a really good game for me. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to really seeing how that goes, and <clears throat> uh, the Olympiacos versus West Ham game, I think it's quite a good match. I think it's two teams that are quite even, um, in terms of ability, um, and I think West Ham going away to Greece, I think they're going to find that pretty tough. You know, Olympiacos, um, home stadium is pretty hostile, um, and Olympiacos are a really good European pedigree. So I think West Ham, I think they'll find that tough. Um, you know, uh, I think that's that's a really intriguing match. And then also you've got 
Brian Ajax, but Ajax aren't doing too great at the moment. Um, so no, a lot of my, all, all the matches there are you know they're, they're really interesting in their own right. So we'll definitely see how these matches go. Um, so we will now move on to discussing last weekend's Scottish Premier League results. So I'll just quickly go through them. Uh, we also did have a lot of um, postponements because of the weather in Scotland the last week or so. So there, there was only three matches and they included Kilmarnock 3, Livingston 1, Rangers 4, Hibs 0 and, Celt- and Hearts 1, Celtic 4. So Pierce, which match stands out to you the most? Uh, I think it's, for me it's got to be this Celtic uh, 4, Hearts 1 at Tynecastle, and then obviously the the Rangers uh, 4-0 uh, win as well. Um, but I think we'll start with the, time ca- the match at Tynecastle. Thought Celtic off to the perfect start. Um, tremendous uh, technique from uh, Matt O'Reilly, whose season just keeps flourishing. Um, I never envisaged this sort of kind of level of output in terms of goals and assists. But under Brendan Rodgers, he's took his game to another level, and I, you you can always see his price tag going right up because he just signed a brand new deal as well. So I think he could be the next superstar um, in terms of. For, for big fee that Celtic just keep reproducing um, but no for almost start to the game um, and I thought Celtic just can dictate to the middle of the part and I, I, I feel as well Hearts failed to lay a glove on them especially the, the likes of O'Reilly who they couldn't who, who likes to make those runs runs beyond the striker uh, late runs into the box now Rio Tati who's here there and everywhere then you've got Cal McGregor just sitting in the middle dictating the tempo of the play um and obviously you've got Maida and Kyogo as well who are just causing uh, themselves a nuisance. Um, I feel as if it's four ones scolding the flattered hearts to be honest, because I feel as if it could have been, it could have and should have been a lot more. Um, and obviously in terms of hearts, um, they'll they'll need to dust themselves down because I feel as if they. They never started the game well and they, and they never really got a rhythm into the play. And I feel as if they played Lawrence Shankland far too deep, as if he was like a central midfielder. And the one time that he was up on the opposition box, he pounced on a mistake from Maeda, slack pass, and then bent a lovely ball around uh, Liam Scales into the far corner. Um, and I think he only had two shots the whole game. So for someone that was a top goal scorer last season and he's in around the Scotland squad, you need to have him through the middle. You need to have him in and around the box, can I have him creating chances um, and, and tracking back because you don't have, for instance, Celtic don't have Kyogo playing as a central defensive midfielder, basically. You have your, your star strikers in the middle of the box because you look at Kyogo in uh, the start of the second half, it's on the penalty spot, one chance, goal. That's the difference. Like if Lawrence Shankland was in sort, any sort of position where a chance like that broke from, more often than not, you'd back him to find the back of the net. And in terms of Philippe Clomont's uh, first game in charge, uh, Rangers convincing 4-0 win. Um, I think that's the perfect start. And obviously, he just need to keep building that confidence and just uh, picking up uh, more results because obviously, good start to his reign. Um, and obviously, now just kind of build on that and just get more confidence as the weeks go on and um, just put as much pressure on Celtic as possible and uh, close that gap at the top of the table. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there's not a lot of matches to pick out from, but I'm just I just think the most significant one was the Rangers Hibs match, which finished four 0 to Rangers. I just think because 
um, you know, it was Philippe Clement's first game in charge. Um, you know, Hibs have been quite good since Nick Montgomery uh, got appointed. Uh, they hadn't lost a game, but Rangers were really good in the match. Um, felt, you know, it's obviously the best perfect start for Clement to come in and uh, get a 4-0 win in his first game. Um, and Spurs at home as well. Um, so, no, I think that was, you know, the, the match I was really wanting to see how that would go. Um, and it's, I mean, it's very, very early days, but like, it's it's a perfect start for, for Rangers. So, yeah, that game and also, uh, obviously, the the Hib Celtic match, you know, Celtic were really, really good on the day. Um, you know, uh, think Hearts, all the goals that Hearts conceded, to be honest, I felt that they could have done better on all of them. Um, but Celtic were just, you know, they were just clinical on the day. I think that's probably um, Celtic's best performance, maybe under Brendan Rodgers since he's come back. Um, you know, I, and Matt Riley's first goal as well. Yeah. And I think Matt Riley's first goal was was fantastic, you know, over the kind of over the top of him and then he just volleyed it first time and it was a great finish. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, these two matches and, um, yeah, I mean, They'll also be the the postponed matches. They will get played at a later date. Um, I don't know when, but um, they will get played sometime soon. Um, so we also have Scottish teams playing in Europe this week, and they include Celtic versus Atletico Madrid, Aberdeen versus PAOK, and Sparta Prague versus Rangers. So Pierce, which match stands out to you the most, and how do you think they will perform? Um, I think all three of them kind of stand out in their own own right. Um, but I think the biggest of them all is obviously the Champions League in terms of Celtic versus Atletico Madrid. Um, because Atletico Madrid at the moment are kind of, kind of pretty good form at the moment in La Liga, uh, especially going forward. Defensively, they're still a bit shaky for a, a defensive side, but you cannot deny the attacking talent that they have in the form of um, their orchestrator in, in chief. Um, Antoine Griezmann and he'll be the man that Celtic will try kind of pin their, uh, pin, pin their hopes on stopping to try and get any sort of positive result um, and obviously Celtic themselves have got zero points from two games the last game is Lazio they were bitterly disappointed conceding in the 95th minute um, where they probably should have gone on to win the match um, but it's Champions League. You get punished at the highest level, and if you don't take your chances, and if you make any sort of mistake, you get punished for it. And they found out last season Celtic, and they find out again this season. You don't, you don't get uh, a medal for good performances for ninety, uh, ninety minutes. You get it for getting the three points. That's all that matters at the end of the day, no matter how well you play. Um, and also I think Atletico Madrid. We know their style under Simeone. He will sit in and look to hit Celtic in the counter-attack. And I think Celtic need to be a bit more defensive-minded in terms of not having their full-backs bombing on because they've got the pace and they've got the they've got the, the transition to hurt the Athletic 100. And um, no, I, I can see that one being a very close game. I don't think it being high-scoring. Um, but Celtic need to get some sort of positive result. They need to get some points on the board if they've got any chance of getting football beyond Christmas. And in terms of the Aberdeen um, and Park Salonica, you touched on it briefly with um, an, an English side playing Olympiacos. I think it was, was it 
But team is it you're saying? Um, for the Aberdeen game. I know. Sorry, what was it? One. What was it? Olympiacos West Ham. So another Greek side. Yeah. Greek sides are as we, as we know, they're pretty stubborn in Europe. They're pr- they usually punch above their weight, and then Aberdeen obviously have done no too bad so far this, this um campaign. Well, obviously they narrowly get defeated against Frankfurt in the first match, and I'm not too sure if they won in the second match, but they, they put in a better performance at Pitodri. and then um, but in terms of uh, Park Salonica, that'll be a very tough tie, and um, hopefully the Scottish side can get a positive result. But I could see that match being a draw or a narrow Park Salonica win. And in terms of Europa League with Sparta Prague and Rangers. Rangers managed to get a win uh, on the opening day against Real Betis and then they followed it up by getting a defeat away to uh, Limassol in Cyprus on match day two under caretaker charge of uh, Stephen Davis and Alex Ray, which was a shock result at the time because although they were in caretaker charge, he still felt Rangers had enough quality on the park to get a positive result against the separate side. Um... But again, you feel as if Clermont is building a bit of confidence. You can see sort of feel what training during the national break. Got a first win at the weekend, 4 0 win over Hibs, which is no easy task. You mentioned Nitman going to a good start at Hibs, Hibs tenure so far. Um, so, yeah, Sparta Prague, decent opposition, uh, check side. And, um, but you expect Rangers to, to look to get back to winning ways or at least get a a draw, a header, a double header, because they'll be bringing them back to Ibrox in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so I think Rangers will just be looking to avoid defeat and if they can, nick a win. And that's uh, my, my preview of the three three Scottish sides in, in Europe. Uh, yeah, um, so obviously with the Celtic Athletic Madrid match, you know, that's going to be a really, really tough match for Celtic, um, you know, because Athletic Madrid in really good form at the moment, especially, as you said, Antoine Griezmann, who's playing really well at the moment. Um, I find it really hard to give Celtic, a, you know, to get... I mean, I they've definitely got a chance, um, but I just think Athletic Madrid will have a little bit too much for Celtic on the day. Um, you know, I think Celtic are in good form at the moment as well. Um, and they definitely... And the, the first two matches for Celtic, in terms of, like, I think they've done really well in both of them. Um, but I just think with Athletic Madrid, I just think they'll be too, they'll be a little bit too much for Celtic, and I think they'll win that by just a goal. So I'm going to say two one to Athletic Madrid in that match, and then the Aberdeen versus Pyok match. Um, again, a really interesting match for Aberdeen. You know, they've obviously had a lot of kind of rest since they came. They had an international break, then they didn't have a game at the weekend, so they'll be hundred percent fresh and ready to go. Um, and also they're at Petrodri as well, so they'll be wanting to take advantage of that. And they're facing the Pyok side, who are, you know, they are a good side. You know, they did really well against Hearts. It defeated them in both matches in the playoff Conference League. Um, I'm actually going to say an Aberdeen win for that. And I'm going to say an Aberdeen win just because of how fresh they'll be and how, you know, how much 100% they'll be. And I'm actually going to say that match will finish 1-0 Aberdeen. Uh, I think that'll be quite a tight match. Um, and then the last match, uh, Sparta Prague versus Rangers. Um, you know, again, another test for Rangers um, with Philippe Clement, his first away game 
as his Rangers manager and he's going to a Sparta Prague side who do have a decent European pedigree. You know, I think they can remember a few years ago when they defeated Celtic both times, um, both at Celtic Park and away uh, and at Sparta Prague Stadium. So they do have a record of beating Scottish teams. Um, but I do think Rangers will win that. I just think with the confidence they've got from the 4-0-1 at Hibs at the weekend, I think Rangers will have enough to beat Sparta Prague. And I'm going to say um, 2-0 to Rangers in that match. Um, and because I think Rangers as well, the fact we lost the last European match, they'll, you know, they'll be looking for a response. So yeah, these are my predictions for the Scottish teams in Europe uh, this week. So for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so we did a resumption of the Korean League and the Japanese League. So we're going to start off with the K-League 1. And this is match day 34 of 38. Um, so only four matches remaining of the uh, regular league season. Um, so in terms of the league table, um, no, so sorry, in terms of the fixtures, so we had um, one match played on Friday the 20th of October, and that was uh, Pohang Steelers 1 and Inchon United 1. And then we had two matches played on Saturday, and that was the 21st of October, and that was Guangzhou FC 1, Wilson Hyundai 0, which was a short result of the... The weekend because that allows Long Steelers and second to have any chance of potentially winning the league title. And then Dega FC won Jump Hyundai Motors two. And then with three matches on Sunday, the 22nd of October, FC Sell two, Gang One FC one, Judge United two, Suwon Samson Blowing nil, and Dejan Han Citizen one, Suwon FC one. So it's just leaving the table looking like this. So we get the top half, top six. So which is uh, the K-League 1 final group A. So we've got Ulsan Hyundai in first on 67 points. And we've got second position, we've got Pong Steelers on 59. So they're tailing by 8 points. And obviously that was narrowed from the weekend. So that was originally 11 points. So they're delaying Ulsan Hyundai's um, potential title party. Uh, but they're still mathematically possible. Um, because Ulsan Hyundai... Start of the season were flying, but um, come the second half of the season, they've just um been pretty inconsistent and uh, been dropping points left, right, and center, and uh, sh- not really showing why they were in an unassailable lead at one point. And uh, Guang Jesse just kind of go from strength to strength, beating the, uh, the league leaders, and uh, so they're on third and 57. Now, Jumbo Hyundai Motors in 52 and fourth, and then fifth and sixth, respectively, Diego FC. And Inchinated both on 49 points. So at the bottom half of the table in the K-League 1 final group B, we have FC Sill on 7th on 50 points. Then Deja Hanna Citizen on 8th position on 46 points. And then we go down to 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th. So Judge United in 9th on 38 points. And then we've got the three candidates for relegation in terms of Sill FC in 10th position on 32 points. Gang 1 FC in 11th on 26, and Suwon, Samson Blowings on 25 points at the foot of the table. So one team is automatically relegated, and that's looking ever lately between a shout between Gang 1 and uh, Suwon, Samson Blowings, uh, and uh, 10th to 11th will go on to a relegation playoff. Um, yeah, so moving on to some J League 1 action. Uh, so Friday, 20th October, we had two matches played, and that was uh, Kawasaki Frontale. Four, Avis with a Coca two, 
Uh, Urare Diamonds 2, Cassio Racial 0. And then Saturday, the 21st of October, we had Albert Stigger at 1, Sagan Tusu 1, uh, Gamble Sakin 0, Lugway Ganapis 1, Vassel Kobe 3, Kashimantlers 1, Yokami F Mariners 4, Hoikuro Konsado Sapporo 1, Yokami FC 1, Tokyo 0, Kyoto Sangan 0, Shonan Belmia 1, Sanfred Jiroshima 0, Cerezo Saka 0. So in terms of the relic in terms of league table, so we're just focusing solely on the relegation and the title chances at the top of the table. So this is match day 30 of 34. So similar to the K League, only four matches remaining. So it's hotly tipped um, exciting end of the season, but it's a lot more tighter in terms of the K League uh, the J League one. So at the top of the table we have Vassell Kobe on 30 matches played, 61 points. And then right behind them with your camera F Marinos on 57. Um, so only four points separate the top two. Um, and also the top two of the league gets straight automatically into the Asian Champions League group stage. And then third position we've got Urare Diamonds in 53 points. And then fourth position we've got Nagoya Grampus in 50 points. So in terms of the third position, um, that also gets the, the a team into the Asian Champions League playoff round. So um, all we play for in terms of the the Asian Champions League and also the league title. So in terms of the relegation scrap, it's a straight shout again with between three sides. Um, the 16th position we've got Kawashio uh, Racial on uh, 29 points and the 17th position Sean and Bermia on 27 and at the foot of the table we've got uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's all side and Yokohama FC on 26 points. So in terms of the relegation scrap, so 16th to 17th position Going to the relegation playoffs and 80th position gets automatic relegated into the G League 2. So, in terms of other Asian football news, so after months of investigations and uh, deliberations, the G League's one ex uh, executive committee is, expe is expected to approve a switch to a full spring schedule uh, from what would be the start of the 2026 2027 season. So, the 2026 27 season and future seasons in World Cup years. Would run from early August to the end of May. All seasons would start in mid July and end in early June. This will naturally impact just about every aspect of the pro soccer scene in Japan in terms of sponsorship contracts, which stretch across fiscal years. Um, rookie intake will no longer correspond with the start of the season, um, and how to support clubs in snowy regions who will have to now play in winter months. Um, the final approval will be expected in uh, December's board meeting. So the GFA have announced an international friendly between Japan and Thailand on Monday the 1st of January 2024 at the Japan National Stadium in Tokyo. Carol uh, Matoma has signed a new long-term contract at uh, Brighton and Hove Albion that will keep him at the club until June 2027. Another fantastic piece of business by Brighton as they now have secured the long-term future of one of their key assets. And if a big club comes in for Matoma, it has to be for a record fee in the Premier League. Uh, and they've shown in the past that they're, they're very shrewd in terms of, obviously, Moses Caicedo, Mark Cucurella, to name a few. So Guangzhou City Mayor and Guangzhou FC President Kang Ki John said, if there's a company that wants to acquire the club, we will sell it. We're already looking for a company that is willing to acquire the club. So according to Albanian media, Guangzhou FC winger Jasir Asani 
has received offers from clubs in Germany, Spain, Italy and Saudi Arabia. He said he plans to move to one of these clubs in January. It will be a massive loss to K-League 1 and Guangzhou FC as he's been one of the standout performers this season. And uh, he's shown that for his country as well. He's scored week in, week out in uh, the European qualifiers. And he certainly earned his move um, when it comes in January. So Gangwon FC have terminated the contract of Kim Jong-ho after he was caught by the police for drunk driving. It's not the first time it's happened this season in the K-League 1. Um, but obviously K-League 1 yet again have shown um, no mercy and uh, any player that's been caught has been uh, sacked by the club and um, that's another case where this is happening but far too often in the K-League 1 players are driving without a licence or driving under influence which is just um, not on. So Chong, Cho Young-Wook won the Asian Games gold medal uh, but has not yet been discharged from the military service due to administrative procedures remaining. Uh, he must also complete basic military training. It is unlikely that he will return to FC Seoul within this season, considering there's only four matches remaining. So former Yokama F. Marinos and Celtic FC manager Ange Porsacoglu has now accumulated the most points by Premier League manager in the first nine games. Spurs sit in the top of the Premier League of the table with 23 points, uh, still unbeaten, and they can stretch lead to five points on Friday night um, over Manchester City, who play on the, who play in the Manchester derby uh, at the weekend. Uh, and incredible stuff from the Australian as Ange Ball is in full swing. And that is all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.